Santa Cruz Tech Beat is the go-to source for all things tech in Santa Cruz and the Monterey Bay region. Santa Cruz Tech Beat provides a convenient way to stay informed about local tech. TechBeat's website and newsletter give you news, events, jobs, resources, and a business directory. Subscribe for free. SantaCruzTechBeat.com Hector Juarez dreams of becoming a landlord back home in Mexico. He wants to have kids someday and a steady income. I work here every day, maybe 10 to 12 hours every day. And my idea when I'm over there, just have a family like kids and all that so I can stay with them like most of the time. No worries. Can I sit up front? Yeah. Right now, Hector's taking me from Santa Cruz to the airport. He's 28. He drives for Uber and Lyft. We're in his pickup. Yeah. Hector lives in downtown Santa Cruz. I met him a few weeks ago on another lift ride to the airport. He told me a story, I interviewed him later, and we kept in touch. Hector's been driving for two hours this morning. Because like, like today, Friday, I drive in the morning, and I start in the afternoon, and I stop like around 2 or 3 a.m. Whoa. Yeah, because it's a lot of people out. Oh, it's busy okay. Friday and Saturday at the night. Hector drives 10 to 12 hours a day. He rarely takes days off. He also runs a small moving service, though work has been slow with that lately. He makes about $200 a day. He tells me about his breakup with his girlfriend a few weeks ago. She don't like, like me like driving at the night. Yeah. She don't like that one. But because you I, never see each other. Yeah. And I told told her uh, I, I need I need because I need money to send Mexico. Right. And uh, so I need work. Hector grew up in Omitlan a small mountain town north of Mexico City. He says people there make $2 a day doing farm work. He studied computer science in high school. He said university was too expensive, and there wasn't much work for him there. So about six years ago, Hector moved to Santa Cruz. I try make money in Mexico for 10 years, and I don't make nothing just for my every day, for my every day. And, and the time, no way for me, so I need, that's why I try to come to United States for, for work, for make money, f so I can help my family, my mom, my brothers. His dad had been living in Santa Cruz already for about a decade. His dad still sends money back to Mexico every month. Every Sunday, his mom and his siblings go to a neighboring town where there's phone reception so they can call his dad. Hector also sends money to Mexico, about $2,500 a month. That dream of becoming a landlord, Hector is working hard to get there. He already has some land in Mexico. He has a three-person crew working on building eight apartments. He thinks it'll take at least five years to build. He can only pay a little at a time. In the meantime, Hector is focusing on making money. 
He likes Santa Cruz. He likes his jobs, and he likes being able to see his dad. I, I like the weather. It's not too cold, not too hot. And we have ocean, we have mountains, we have the people that are nice. Hector would stay in Santa Cruz if he could, but he can't afford to have a family here. Until a few weeks ago, he lived with his girlfriend on River Street. There were five people living in a two-bedroom apartment. He and his girlfriend paid $1,000. So he moved back in with his dad. He pays $300. There's three people living in a two-bedroom apartment. His dad sleeps in the living room. I'm, I'm happy here, but I don't want to stay here all my life. We've spent many episodes telling you about Santa Cruz's housing shortage. There's a flip side. Wages here are also relatively low. That's a big reason why people can't afford to rent or buy homes. And it's across the spectrum. People with advanced degrees and higher earning potentials are also feeling the squeeze. I'm Kara Myberg-Guzman. And I'm Stephen Baxter. In today's episode of Santa Cruz Local, we'll hear about trends in jobs in our county. We'll also hear from someone who's leaving Santa Cruz, partly due to the economy. Often when we hear reports on the economy, we hear about the unemployment rate. But that's not a very useful stat. Unemployment in Santa Cruz County is 3.1% right now, a record low. But what about wages? And what about people who work two jobs to make ends meet? It's not hard to see why California's workforce is facing housing insecurity, wage issues, and uncertainty about their opportunities in the Golden State. That's California State Controller Betty Yee. Yee spoke at the Monterey Bay Economic Partnership's State of the Region event in Monterey last month. Only the top 10% of workers have seen income growth since 1980. One-third of California workers make less than $15 per hour. Let's zoom in on Santa Cruz County. Wages are lower here than in the San Francisco Bay Area. For people 25 and older, the average wage in Santa Cruz County is about half that of the Bay Area. That's according to this year's State of the Workforce report for Santa Cruz County. Also, demographically, the county is getting older. That silver tsunami you may have heard about, it's happening here. The number of seniors in the county grew at, quote, remarkable 35% from 2012 to 2017. Every other age group declined. That means our workforce is aging out. Here's Adam Fowler. He co-authored that State of the Workforce report. He's the director of research for Beacon Economics. You know, we've got, with, with Prop 13 and other kind of statewide policies, um, incentives for folks to uh, stay in their house, especially if they've owned it for a long period of time. Folks that bought a house in the 70s aren't really incentivized to downsize or move elsewhere, um, but in fact, continue to stay stay where they're at now, even if that unit isn't really appropriate for where their family is today. That trend also comes with opportunity. Healthcare support is the fastest growing job in the county, but it's not very high paying. Average pay is about $40,000 a year. Another problem for people like Cynthia Chase is that the county's job market doesn't offer much mobility. That's part of the reason why she and her husband are moving to Oakland. Cynthia's 42. She worked at the county jail for the past four years. She quit this fall partly because there was no position for her to get a promotion. She had reached as far as she could go. 
I spoke to her last week at our headquarters at Cruzio. So I ran a nonprofit and worked in government and in both cases, talking to staff and talking to other nonprofit directors, people are struggling because we are paid so much less in this county for those jobs that, you know, it, it makes it so that people are having to make that decision of do they drive over the hill and spend a good amount of time in their vehicles away from their families or away from their community. And in order to get that pay, is that worth it? Cynthia's mid-career, and she has an advanced degree. She says there aren't that many jobs in Santa Cruz County for people like her. Her last title was inmate program manager at the sheriff's office. Her salary was $85,000 last year, excluding benefits. My entire 20 years here, I have had no fewer than two jobs at any given time. And I always had a full-time job in addition to two or three other things. And I mean, that's kind of what I needed to do. One of those jobs was serving as a Santa Cruz City Council member. She was mayor in 2017. She also taught classes on the side at UC Santa Cruz, CSU Monterey Bay, and San Jose State. Cynthia dreams of having a family. She and her husband want to foster kids, but they can't afford to buy a decent house in Santa Cruz, she says. And they see that as a prerequisite to fostering children. They want to have a permanent place. And so it, it's always been in our minds is, is the question, are we going to be able to make it here? And I find there are lots and lots of our contemporaries, you know, 20s, 30s, 40s, some things, who are asking the same question. And I think all of us, it breaks our hearts a little bit to say that, right? It's, it is literally like, feels like a breakup. This is a community that we have both in our own ways and then as a, a couple really committed to and dedicated our lives to and invested a lot in and cared so much about that it does feel like we're breaking up with this community. Her rent is $2,000 for a three bedroom condo in downtown Santa Cruz. She moved there while she was on the city council. Her previous landlord decided to move into the unit. She was grateful to find a below market rental quickly. We're not leaving because our rent was too much. We're leaving because there's no way we can buy here. <laughs> yeah, we don't, we never intended to be renters. We intended to be homeowners. And what is available for the price um, and what you get and the work that it would need to refurbish it is financially irresponsible. So what comes first? Do we focus on building housing or building a job market that will support the cost of housing? Here's Adam Fowler again, The Economist. It's always kind of a chicken and egg question, uh, which comes first, jobs or housing? Like you can think about all the, the exciting firms that are actually housed there in Santa Cruz. Um, they'd be very hard pressed to ramp up their hiring just because it's unclear about what they would do for families wanting to move. Stephen, you asked Fowler what advice he'd give to young people who want to stay and make a life in Santa Cruz. Yeah, I thought he was going to say, find the highest paying career you can and work toward that. But he didn't. I would quickly learn the political process, uh, where to go to community meetings, where to go to planning meetings, where 
my city councilman's office was located and let them hear my voice. You don't want to stagnate the entire economy into a retirement economy because of housing policy. You need workforce housing for industries, especially for entry-level positions across a number of industries. What does it take to make it in Santa Cruz? How do we keep young people here? Let's hear again from Cynthia Chase. We realize it's a complex issue and she's just one voice, but we think this perspective has not received enough attention. Cynthia has other reasons for leaving besides poor job mobility and housing options. Her husband, who worked at UC Santa Cruz, found a good job at UC Berkeley. Her family all lives in the East Bay and Oakland has more homes than Santa Cruz and they're better kept. I asked her, what would it take for her to move back to Santa Cruz someday? What changes would the community have to make? We have to shift our culture here to caring about the the current and the next generation. We've really been making decisions to protect and save the community for the people who already own and live here and they're older white people, frankly. And we're not investing in the next generations and the, and the folks who are here now. When you close elementary schools because you don't have enough kids, that's what we're talking about. When you look at the demographics of who's here now and who's been leaving, it's crystal clear. So, you know, thinking about what does this community look like, not in five years or 10 years, but 20 years, 30 years from now. And that worries me. That really worries me. And I think that we are on the trajectory of abandoning these next generations and and not giving them an opportunity to experience living here and making it an elite community for people who already own or people who have so much money that they have the opportunity to buy here. And that's not the kind of community that I want to live in. I want to live in a community that has diversity and has, you know, diversity in every way possible, which includes age. You know, you have actual children here in the parks and in the schools, and you have people with a variety of professional experiences and service work. That's the kind of community that we should have here, and we're making it less and less possible. Can you clarify that last point? Like, yeah, how? Because when we make decisions that either set, that either say no to development or that set the rates for inclusionary so high that development doesn't happen, that leaves fewer and fewer options. And so every opportunity that we have to create housing here creates more opportunities, period. And people are standing on ideals that end up resulting in no new housing of any kind and are ignoring the data and are ignoring the fact that while they take these positions that more and more people are leaving and more and more people are suffering and 
there's no time to waste on this anymore. There, there really hasn't been for a long time. But I don't know what else needs to happen for people to really get that. next part of the series, we'll look at one community in the Bay Area where working families are leaving at a slower rate. Some housing researchers have called it an island of affordability in a sea of wealth. We'll hear from some folks who live and work there and see if there's anything Santa Cruz can learn from their stories. Next week in our newsletter, we'll revisit those inclusionary rates that Cynthia mentioned. Thursday, November 21st, the Santa Cruz Planning Commission is going to look at increasing the number of affordable units that developers are required to build. The Santa Cruz City Council will have the final say. Sign up for our newsletter to get briefings of local government meetings. And just a reminder, we're trying something new. You can find our government meeting recaps in our newsletter rather than in our podcast. So sign up at santacruzlocal.org and let us know what you think. Thank you to all our members. Thank you especially to our Guardian-level members, Elizabeth and David Doolin, Chris Nicholson, Patrick Riley, and the Kelly family. If you'd like to become a member, visit santacruzlocal.org slash membership. I'm Stephen Baxter. And I'm Kara Myberg guzman Thanks for listening to Santa Cruz Local.